Day on Broadway for Monday, June 4th, 2018. I'm Broadway World's Matt Tamanini. It's Tony I'm... Week, y'all. Sorry, James. <laughs> it, it is Tony Going Week, y'all. Going off, off script. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm uh, Broadway star's James Marino. James, it is Tony Week, so we're going to have a whole lot of stuff uh, to talk about over the next few days. Today, we're mostly going to talk about the Drama Desk Awards, which just ended uh, about 10 minutes ago. So it's about uh, 10 till 11 on Sunday night when we're recording. But before we do that, we had a big weekend here at Broadway Radio. Uh, first up on early Saturday morning, a new episode of Jan Simpson's Stagecraft was released, where she interviewed Anthony Giardini, Giardina, who um, is the playwright behind MTC's new play, Dan Cody's Yacht, which we're going to talk about a little bit later here in, in this show. Then on Saturday evening, uh, Natalie Nowak had her latest episode of On My Way to a BFA, where she had a, a truly lovely conversation with uh, her voice and speech professor, Auntie Joe Johanna Morrison. Uh, Auntie Joe is from England, and if you can imagine, she's a voice and speech teacher, and she is also a dialect coach um, for uh, for film and, and stuff. So she's got a wonderful voice to just sit there and listen to the soothing British tones. It was wonderful. And then James, you had um, a kind of a short this week on Broadway. Uh, I think because a lot of things are kind of not trying to have their press previews and reviews and opening nights come out too close to the Tony Awards. So not a ton that everybody went and saw, but you guys talked about Our Lady of 121st Street over at Signature Theater, Frank Lesser tribute at Lyrics and Lyricists at 92nd Street Y and a few other things. So lots of stuff going on in the Broadway radio feed over the weekend. Yeah, we uh, have a lot of really interesting stuff going on, even though um, even though it's towards the end of the season, I'm, I'm forecasting that we're going to have a full summer as well. But tonight... Nothing beats live entertainment. You can, see, you, can, you can see the sweat. You can feel the breath, argue with the decisions, feel the excitement of the crowd. But in the end, tonight was just a step toward the inevitable next Monday. Yeah, and there, I think there's, there are going to be some uh, arguments over these awards. Obviously, it'll probably fade fairly quickly as we start to focus on the Tonys. But there's some pretty interesting things here. I think a lot of very obvious winners in the drama desks, but some surprises as well. We're going to get to those. But first, James, um, I was kind of going back and forth between the drama desks and the disaster that was game two of the NBA finals. I'm not normally one of the uh, the refs blew it uh, guys, but of the last two games, the refs have been awful just terrible anyway um getting Let me back ask you a to... quick quick question a crossover yes. question from the nba to uh broadway yes um the the uh the game the game played tonight was at golden state uh, up in uh in oakland 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 uh, golden, yes. golden state in oakland and yes. and they play that game indoors right y- yes yes they do how, how come they have goodyear blimp air coverage and can't we get Goodyear Blimp air coverage for the Tony Awards? I mean, they do. They do have uh, Goodyear Blimp coverage for indoor stuff. Usually, they show the arena and all the stuff around it. I think they could do the same thing for Radio City, unless there's some sort of no-fly space over Manhattan for blimps. Uh, could be. But I like it. <laughs> well, we have an airship listener, so maybe she can tell us. Yeah. Uh, all right. So tell us about the Drama Desk announced their 
63rd annual award winners. Yes. Uh, before we get to the uh, awards, I want to shout out some of the fun things. And I might have missed stuff because I was going back and forth. But uh, Barrett Wilbert Weed and Gray Henson from Mean Girls opened up the show and went through all of the rules and announcements for the Drama Desk Awards before host Michael Yuri came to the stage. And they finished it with a song uh, set to It's a Cautionary Tale, the opening song from Mean Girls, telling what uh, what you should and shouldn't do if your name is called and you're a winner. Um, very funny, uh, very good stuff. Then they followed up with Michael Yuri came out with a kind of an actor's nightmare, uh, a little video segment. Michael kept calling it a movie. It was it's not a movie. It was a sketch. Um, anyway, Bernie Telsey was featured heavily in there, and he revealed later that he was actually green screened in every time. I, I think he was serious. I'm not sure. A bunch of other stars. I'm sure Theater Mania will have that up uh, on their site at some point. But that was really funny. And James, uh, some of the things that I enjoyed the most uh, from the drama desks where they had performances and some of them were from Broadway, but some of them weren't. And I loved the fact that we got to see a couple songs, at least things that I was looking forward to from off Broadway musicals that not as many people got to see as, as you know, the shows that are currently running on Broadway. So I love the fact that Ashley Park performed a song from K-pop uh, as did Giselle Jimenez from uh, Miss You Like Hell, really cool stuff. And um, uh, Miss You Like Hell is getting a cast album, hopefully K-pop will as well, although they are looking to mount a, um, a a New York return engagement in 2019. Um, also, Tony winner Karen Ziemba uh, did the In Memoriam segment, and probably the thing that made me laugh the funniest, or Matt laughed the hardest after about a five-second delay as I figured out what the heck he was talking about, Michael Yuri said, um, one of our uh, next two presenters is uh, was a Drama Desk nominee last year for Groundhog Day, and the other one's name is Pig Latin for four. And it took me a minute. Then Andy Carl came out with Orfe. So I laughed so hard and I was like, that's that's one of the funniest things I've ever heard. Anyway. okay. Um, another thing real quick, a way to get an award ceremony under three hours is to make sure that like half of your award winners aren't in attendance so they can't give speeches. Um, But anyway, so let's get to some of these awards here, James. Um, The big one of the night, Outstanding Musical. Went to SpongeBob SquarePants, or as Brian Stokes Mitchell said when he announced it, he yelled it, SpongeBob SquarePants. Um, accepting the award was Susan Vargo, your friend. She is a, a guest of mine on our upcoming Tony Omnibus episode. So we'll be hearing a lot more from Susan Vargo in this feed in the next few days. Outstanding play, which one might get a little interesting here, um, went to uh, Joshua Harmon's Admissions from Lincoln Center Theater off Broadway. Outstanding revival of a musical was My Fair Lady. Outstanding revival of a play, Angels in America. Outstanding actor in a play, Andrew Garfield from Angels. Outstanding actress in a play, Glenda Jackson from Three Tall Women. I got to say, James, she was quite gracious and quite lovely. Not what I got from Peter Marks's uh, interview. So maybe it's Peter's fault. Um, anyway, uh, moving on <laughs> to a uh, another person who you've heard on Broadway radio, Ethan Slater from SpongeBob SquarePants won the Outstanding Actor in a Musical Award. Uh, outstanding actress in a musical went to Jesse Mueller for Carousel. She had almost no voice and she did didn't wear shoes up on stage. She wanted to make sure that people knew that it was not out of disrespect. She just couldn't is what she said. Uh, I think she just she just wasn't feeling well. Um, anyway, outstanding featured actor in a play went to Nathan Lane from Angels. Outstanding featured actress in a play went to Jamie Brewer from Amy and the Orphans. Outstanding featured actor in a musical went to Gavin Lee from SpongeBob SquarePants. It was a really funny moment. Uh, Gavin Creel and Jen Colella were announcing these nominees. And Gavin Creel was, was, was reading them and he said, Gavin, 
and then paused. Lee, it was very funny. Um, outstanding featured actress in a musical went to Lindsay Mendez from Carousel. She performed with Alexander Gemignani uh, earlier in the evening, so that was fun. Outstanding solo performance went to Billy Crudup from Harry Clark. Outstanding director went to John Tiffany for Harry Potter and the Something Child. Now, we've been saying cursed, and every person I've heard talk about the show has been saying cursed child. However, every single person at the drama desks that I saw, and again, I was going in and out, every single person said cursed child. James, you've seen the show. Show. Is it cursed or cursed? Uh, I'm not sure that they ever say it during the show, but uh, oh, in, in Michael Portantier's review, he kept on saying cursed, and I am not one to ever correct anybody else, so I just mm. curiously no. listened to that. Yeah, they're both, I mean, they're spelled the same, um, and if they're if it's not mentioned in the show, I don't know how we would know, but everybody I saw at the drama desk said cursed, so we're going to go with cursed child from here on uh, forth and today on Broadway, at least I will. You can do whatever the hell you want, James, this is your show anyway. Um, anyway, uh, outstanding director of a musical fantastically went to Tina Landau from SpongeBob SquarePants, and then here's some things that's pretty interesting, James. Outstanding lyrics uh, for a musical went to Peter Kellogg from Desperate Measures. Outstanding music went to David Friedman from Desperate Measures. Pretty interesting there. Outstanding book of a musical went to Tina Fey from Mean Girls. No shock there. Biggest star in the room. Then the special awards, which we already knew, went to Sean Carvajal and Eddie Gathegi from Jesus Hopped the A-Train. The Ensemble Award went to Schoolgirls of the African Mean Girls Play. And the Sam Norkin Award went to Juan Castano. We will have all of the winners in the show notes at broadwayradio.com if you want to see all of those things, especially the design uh, awards. Now, James, I think a lot of these are going to be precursors for um, for next week's Tonys. The band's visit, as we you know, should say in full, you know, giving out all the information, was only eligible in one category because it was uh, eligible in everything else off uh, for its off Broadway run last year, and it actually won the sound design of a musical award because it's in a different space. It had a much different sound design than it did uh, off Broadway. So, not exactly going to tell us everything because the one of the biggest shows of the year was not in here but i think a lot of these are going to be what we see next week even though there were some pretty surprising ones nonetheless yeah i uh was looking back at last year's drama desk awards uh and in the best musical category they had anastasia the band's visit come from away hades town and the lightning thief uh certainly um come from away won the category last year uh, but it's interesting to see Hades Town in there, and maybe we'll see Hades Town next year. Uh, knocking on, on wood, knocking on, on wood on the stage. And Lightning Thief is another musical that, if you don't know it, you should know it. So uh, take a listen to that cast recording. Uh, these are all really, really tough. Uh, it's really tough to pick winners here. It, it, well, well, I was really excited for. SpongeBob Square SpongeBob SquarePants. Yeah. Yeah, because they had a huge night. And what what I'm most excited about is because they're probably not gonna have as big of a night next weekend. Um I would imagine that they won't win outstanding musical again. I think that'll be bands of visit. I don't think Tina Landau as much as I I would probably vote for her if I was a voter. Um, she's not going to win director of musical. I think David Cromer will for the band's visit. I think I think both Ethan and Gavin have a chance um, to win in a lot of the design. Um, I think they have a chance to win as well. But I, I'm glad that the show and Tina were recognized at the drama desks because I think they might get shut out next week by the band's visit. So it was really good to have them recognized in a show that really, as a number of people said uh, when it, during their acceptance speeches, has no business being as good as it actually is. Uh, also interesting to see the lack of uh, 
carousel except for Jesse Mueller up there. Uh, Lindsay Mendez also won. Jesse, oh, uh, Jesse right. and Lindsay. Yeah, but for the show that was the most nominated show for the Drama Desks, there, there, um, there wasn't a ton. Uh, we didn't do the choreography award, but Justin Peck did win for choreography. Uh, I didn't mention that in my rundown, but um, so there were some. But um, for a show that had a ton of nominations, it didn't have nearly as many as you might have thought. All right, so uh, let's move on to this week's theatrical schedule. Yeah, unlike last week where a bunch of shows got started, many shows are kind of keeping things uh, low-key during this week leading up to the Tony Awards because they would get pushed out of any and all media coverage. But we do have some things. Uh, tonight, the Atlantic Theater Company's New York premiere of Lauren Yee's play The Great Leap officially opens. The show stars Tony winner B.D. Wong, and the show is inspired by Yee's father. Set in 1989 San Francisco, Manford Lum, locally renowned on the sidewalk basketball courts of Chinatown, talks his way onto a college basketball team just before they travel to Beijing for a friendship game. When they arrive, China is in the throes of the post-cultural revolution era, and Manford must juggle international politics and his own personal history. The show is currently scheduled to run through June 24th. The next night, we have the first of two shows from the Manhattan Theater Club that we're going to, Manhattan Theater Club that we're going to talk about. This one, Sugar in Our Wounds, will begin previews on Tuesday. This world premiere of Donja R. Loves is set in a, on a plantation during the Civil War, a mystical tree stretches toward heaven and it protects James, a young slave, while he reads newspapers about the imminent possibility of freedom as the battle rages on. When a brooding stranger arrives, James and his makeshift family take the man in. Soon, an unexpected bond leads to a striking romance and everyone is in uncharted territory. Opening night for this one is slated for the 19th and closing is scheduled for, the, for July 8th. The next MTC show uh, is is one that will officially open on Wednesday night, and that is the world premiere of Anthony Giardina's Dan Cody's Yacht, which we mentioned at the top of the show for Jan Simpson Stagecraft. Um, the title is an allusion uh, to a passage in The Great Gatsby, which also serves as the loose inspiration of the show. Uh, in a small Boston suburb, a single school teacher is struggling to get by when the wealthy father of one of her students surprises her with a financial proposition that could change her daughter's life. Suddenly, their worlds collide in ways that open up the question, what truly separates the haves and the haves not have nots? The show is directed by Tony winner Doug Hughes. James, the final show that we're going to talk about isn't actually in New York. Instead, it is up in Pittsfield, Mass, and it is quote unquote, the world premiere of the musical adaptation of George S. Kaufman and Edna, uh, Edna Ferber's play, The Royal Family of Broadway. The show will begin performances this Thursday and features a score by the legendary Bill Finn and a book by his spelling bee collaborator, Rachel Shankin. Directed by John Rando, the show stars a who's who of Broadway favorites, Arnie Burton, Kathy Fitzgerald, Tony winner Harriet Harris, Laura Michelle Kelly, Kelly Haley Podshoon, A.J. Shively, Will Swenson, and the incredible Chip Zion. Uh, they, the sh- in the show, they kind of play as it says the royal family of Broadway, and it's loosely inspired by the Barrymores of the 1920s. This show is slated to run through July 7th and, you know, maybe looking to come down towards New York at some point soon. And that might be the last show we're going to talk about, James, but obviously that is not the last thing of the week. Sunday night is the Tony Awards. Um, You will not have an episode of This Week on Broadway this coming Sunday, James, because obviously everyone's got other stuff going on. But the Tonys will come from Radio City Music Hall at 8 p.m. and will be broadcast on CBS. Maybe we can work out a deal for some Goodyear Blimp coverage on CBS. But, uh, James, you and I... 
will have, we'll record an episode as we have now for the past, this will be the third year, as soon after the Tonys are over. Um, we're going to record an episode, so that will be out. Then we'll be taking the rest of the week off unless there's some sort of major breaking news. Um, also, though, if you're not in the United States, if you're one of our international listeners, and we have quite a few, I will have a link in the show notes to how you can catch the ceremony in other countries, either on Internet, TV or radio. So uh, let me throw in two little uh, things here on the uh, in the rumor mill. Uh, word out of uh, parts north of New York is that Jagged Little Pill is mm. really good. Yeah. we um, Did you guys talk about the reviews for that one last week when I was gone? I don't remember. I don't think so. Well, yeah, the reviews, it, it's one of those shows where I think everybody loves everything about it, but thinks it still needs some tinkering. But that's what you know, out-of-town tryouts are for, but um, my Broadway World colleague, Alan Henry, was one of a handful of social media folks who got driven up to uh, Cambridge on a bus on Saturday to go see it. Him and Felicia Fitzpatrick, uh, Fitzgerald, Fitzpatrick, Fitzgerald, I don't remember, from Playbill, <laughs> uh, Broadway Girl NYC, Julie James from um, from Sirius XM, and a bunch of other, you know, social media movers and shakers. They got taken up there, and, uh, and, and Alan said he loved it, a lot of really cool stuff. So that might be one to see if Diane Paulus can bring that one down to the city as well very soon. And the other thing is, is uh, coming up next week uh, after the Tony Awards, uh, Paper Mill typically has their opening nights and press nights uh, on a Sunday evening. But uh, this one was the evening of the Tony Awards. So they uh, moved their opening for halftime to Tuesday night. Uh, So uh, we'll have to see on uh, it, if we get these reviews on Wednesday or Thursday, uh, which which uh, of the New York reviewers made it out to uh, Milton, <laughs> New Jersey on a Tuesday night. So, yeah, absolutely. Well, and that's another one who has Broadway dreams. It's been trying to uh, get there ever since it had its uh, world premiere out in Chicago, and it was a different show. What was that called? I don't remember what the, which it was called at that point, but uh, changed their name. Having a run at Paper Mill, and we'll see if that one comes into Broadway as well. I mean, after we get past the Tonys, it's time to look completely squarely at what's going to fill up some of these slots um, in the season over the next, you know, 10 months or whatever it is. Sure. All right. Why don't you get us out of here? All right. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio, and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Matt. And my name is James Marino from BroadwayRadio.com and BroadwayStars.com. Thanks for uh, starting off your Monday with us, and Matt and I will be back and talk with you tomorrow. 